0: Now, The Sipping Point with Lori Forster, the wine coach, certified sommelier, corporate entertainer, and wife to a
1: world-class
0: chef, Lori is literally pouring the fun back into wine. Meet some of the most interesting people in the world of food, wine, and spirits as she uncorks the recipe for a delicious life. This
1: is Lori Forster, The Wine Coach, with The Sipping Point, and I'm actually on location in D.C. at a lovely French bistro, Lepic, and next to me, this is so exciting, you guys are going to die, I have Jean Trimbach from the Trimbach Winery in Alsace, France. It's one of my favorite regions of France, and when I think summer and I think white wines, I think the wines of Alsace, France. So this is a very timely uh, time to taste your wines, to talk to you, Jean. You are... Our 13th or 12th generation Trimbach 12th generation but there is a 13th i know and the family's been making wine since 1626, uh, so they know a little something about making wine in Alsace or just making wine in general. So, Jean, uh, one of the owners of the winery, thank you for meeting with me before this very special lunch we're going to have.
0: Thank you very much. Um, it's great to be with you, and uh, I'm very happy that uh, you give me the chance to talk about the wines of Alsace and uh, the Trimbach wines in particular. Now, you said that you would uh, be happy to drink. Alsace wine in the summer. You know what, let me tell you something. In Alsace, we love Alsace wines all year round. (laughs) And uh, I am uh, with my brother Pierre, we represent the 12th generation but uh, the 13th generation is already working with us. Uh, Our son, Julien, the next generation winemaker, and my niece, Anne, who is now working in the marketing and into selling for uh, a few years. So the 13th generation is quite active already. Having said that, uh, we are very happy as well to tell you that the 14th generation was just born because my niece Anne just had a baby four months ago I am Jean, she is Jeanne, and Jeanne at the same time was uh, our grandmother's name. So she's Jeanne, representing the 14th generation. So it's, it's fantastic.
1: That's exciting. I mean, my, my mom's name is Jean, <laughs> which is how we, we said it where I grew up. But what I love about the Trimbach wines, um, and we'll get into the style, but this crisp, the acid, and fruit, the balance of the wines, I think, is so elegant. I think of you as being such a, a big winery, because to me you're you know, one of the best, one of the most legendary and well-known here in the U.S., but in actuality you aren't the biggest property in Alsace, you're actually smaller than most people might think, so give us an idea of the scope of the Trimbach uh, winery and the breadth of what you produce.
0: Well, you're right. Um, we have such um, a beautiful uh, v- visibility here in the market and in the US in particular uh, that uh, many people believe that, oh, Trimbach, you must be the largest winery in Alsace. So, no, we are not. I guess in California, they would call the size of our winery a boutique winery because at the end of the day, we only produce hundred. 1000 cases. No, we are not the largest, of course not, because the largest winery produces 1 million cases in Alsace and uh, we are not the smallest either, but it's family owned, family operated. My brother Pierre with his team is in the vineyards, works the vineyards with uh, our son Julien and my brother Pierre with Julien make the wine. So there is Really, a trim back style, and when the uh, people drink trim back, when the collectors collect trim back, they collect trim back because they know that there is a beautiful trim back style which is very refined, which is very intense, very elegant. It's at the same time very focused with no residual sugar, and this is what people appreciate in our wines. So, I think when it comes to the longevity of a winery what's very important is the style and since my brother Pierre is my uh, brother he will never leave therefore we can see that there is a beautiful continuity in style after him will be Julien there will be a continuity in the Trimbach style and this is so important to us when it comes to uh, drinking fine wine and when it comes to collecting fine wines so we are number one yes in the U.S. we are the number one one Alsace shipper. Mm. And keep drinking, (laughs) I mean, keep drinking. America is Trimbach market number one, but again, Trimbach is a rather small winery. That's
1: perfect. And uh, what was interesting is, I told you, I use your wine all the time whenever I'm doing events because I'm on a mission to change people's minds about Riesling. Because for some reason in this country, there's this misconception and probably had basis a long time ago that Rieslings are sweet because people tried something very, very sweet from Germany or wherever they got it. Um, And so they think, I don't like sweet. I don't want Riesling. but. In fact, Riesling is a very important grape for your winery. I think I read 40% or something like that of your plantings. Um, And you said something, no residual sugar. And what that means to the people listening out there is these are not sweet Rieslings. These are bone-dry Rieslings, food-friendly white wines that I think surprise people every time if they don't, you know, haven't tasted your wines, to me, they surprise and change people's minds. So, tell me a little bit about the different. All of these are dry, but what are the different styles of Riesling, and why do you think it's such a legendary grape?
0: Well, you're right. Um, Riesling for our family is very important and it comes from the fact that we are extremely lucky to um, own some of the finest vineyards, some of the finest Riesling vineyards, qualified, all qualified Grand Cru all classified Grand Cru. And uh, Riesling for Alsace is about 22% of what it represents. When it comes to Riesling for Trimbach, it's over 40% of what we produce. And because we own the Claw Saint-Hune Riesling, because we produce the delicious Riesling Cuvée Frédéric Émile, people know that we have great Rieslings and Riesling is definitely our image. So each winery in Alsace has its own classification, its own uh Pyramid quality pyramid, if I may say. So we start at the base of the pyramid, we start with the classic Riesling, which is widely available, I would say. Beautiful classic Riesling, uh, dry, as we said before, but with a beautiful uh, minerality and a beautiful fruitiness. Stone fruit, white peach, pink grapefruit, delicious. On top of that, we have the Riesling Reserve, Reserve Riesling. On top of that, we have what I already talked about the Riesling Cuvée Frédéric-Émile coming from Grand Cru Vineyards and the top of the Pyramid is obviously the Riesling Clos saint which is a rarity because we only produce 7,000 bottles for the world mm. and if I may say my brother Pierre and I drink a few. So it's, it's not even 7,000 bottles.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for sharing some of them with us. <laughs> um, I'd like to sit in on one of those tasting sessions. I bet that is quite, quite entertaining and fun. Um, I'm looking at a sheet here that, uh, you know, if you are into ratings with different uh, experts across the world, Jancis Robinson, Robert Parker, both of which I got to interview for The Sipping Point. Amazing, amazing people. I see lots of 90s. 94's 96's i mean amazing uh ratings here um the classic riesling you talked about retail is about eighteen dollars uh 20 and depending on where you are and then obviously you're investing more and more as you go up the ladder so for people who think riesling is just a drink for today kind of wine i'm assuming as we move up these get more age worthy and the ability to seller them and try them I've had a lot of young Rieslings, but I can't say that I've had the pleasure of tasting a lot of Rieslings with age. What can people expect if they choose to invest in some of these higher-end Rieslings? How long can they age them, and, and how do they change?
0: Well, this is obviously a very complex question, but it is uh, definitely true that Riesling is the uh, wines which can age the best. It's the white wine which which can age the best, very similar to a Cabernet Sauvignon uh, for red wine. Because uh, if Cabernet Sauvignon has beautiful, ripe tannin, Riesling has beautiful, ripe acidity. And uh, acidity, which supports the fruitiness and the minerality, acidity which is the structure of the wine. So when you move up the ladder in quality, when you start to hit the reserve level or the Grand Cru, Cuvee Frédéric-Émile level, you expect obviously more intensity, more complexity, more minerality, more energy and Some of these Riesling, you can decant, and by decanting them, you open the wine and you give them a chance to uh, talk to you even more. And uh, not too long ago, um, I was uh, very happy to share with uh, our son, Julien, a 1962, 1962 Riesling tune. And this was just fabulous. Okay, it came from our cellar. <laughs> it was not a bottle which went to Hong Kong and back uh, home via Singapore or whatever. It was a bottle from our cellar, but this 1962 was, was amazing. The color was a little bit more advanced. It was a little bit more golden, of course, but still beautiful fruitiness. It was a little toasty, almost like pain grillé, brioche grillé like you know and uh, the the complexity was amazing so Riesling and I could speak for German Riesling as well Alsace Riesling are the white wines which age the best and uh, with no premature oxidation I mean you can open some old Riesling from Alsace they are fantastic
1: Mm, I love that that sounds fabulous so you speak about the beauty of, of aging and how how they develop. One of the things I'm married to a chef. We just met, so you don't know that. So I'm super passionate about wine with food. I think wine without food is just not finished, um, and uh, you know, food without wine is not finished either. So it can go both ways. Um, what do you think? Because I know we're getting to get ready to go downstairs in a little bit to have a luncheon and taste through some of these wines with some other media folks, but. What are your perfect pairings for, let's say, let's start with the classic Riesling or even the Reserve. What's your favorite foods that really show off the wines?
0: Well, this is actually quite easy, because our Riesling and most of Riesling of Alsace, because being dry, really um, match with everything. I would say, perhaps, except beef, you know, except maybe steak. But from white meat to seafood, to fish, to Asian food, to curries, you name it. Riesling really pairs with everything. And then it depends on the sort of spiciness of the dish. You would take a classic Riesling for seafood. If your seafood or if your fish is a little bit more uh, sophisticated, with a little bit of sauce, with a little bit of jus, uh, then you move up to the Riesling Reserve. And if your fish is very sophisticated, like a tarbot, like a beautiful John Dory, like a beautiful Dover sole, then you move up to the frederic Emil Riesling and you get more complexity and the wine gets savory and your dish is very savory and succulent as well. So this is the kind of thing you do. But again, Riesling pairs with All food of the world. And this is a tremendous advantage of Alsace. Alsace only exports 25% of its production, but the future for Alsace, because of all Asia opening now, I think there is a wonderful opening for our wines because they pair so well with all kinds of food. I just did three weeks in Asia in April, and again, I was amazed to see that our wines Riesling, but let's face it, Pinot Gris and Gewürztraminer as well. And if I may say Trimbach in particular, because we are among the driest wines. Mm. so they pair extremely well with the heat of the cuisine with the spices and it is just amazing to see the potential remaining for Alsace wine basically all over the world.
1: I love that you've worked here in the states before you went back and and were back in the family business Um, and and the United States, I think, between the time that you worked here, you were on the West Coast, Sonoma area, and today, wine in general and the enjoyment of wine and the culture of wine, I think, has changed dramatically. Um, what do you think is so exciting about what's going on in the U.S. from a wine standpoint?
0: Well, you're right. I mean, uh, it's quite a few years now, but I worked in California in 1984. But from 1984 to 2016, it's amazing the changes that happen. Just the food. I mean, in 1984, finding good restaurants was difficult. Finding good coffee, finding good charcuterie, finding good bread was very difficult. Today, here in the US, we find all what we need. So, there has been a tremendous jump in uh, the quality and in the finesse and, the, and in the research of uh, fine food here in the US. And uh, we do not miss anything anymore. It's fantastic. And this is why I keep coming to the US because, first, uh, America is streamback market number one, but also because I love it and I have so many friends, sommeliers and collectors. And uh, so, th- I mean the, the food aspect and the wine list have drastically changed uh, in the last 30 years oh, i
1: love that and i i'm glad of that too i mean when i grew up we didn't have wine at the dinner table but now my daughter is used to us having wine um, with dinner so i think that's a positive step it's not just a cocktail. It's part of your meal. So that, to me, is exciting. Um, Well, Jean Trimbach, I have one more question for you. And thank you so much for your time. I know we could talk for hours. And I'm excited to go down and taste through the line of your wines and let people know about that experience as well. But. what kind of is there anything that you like to? This is a silly little question, but anything you like to indulge in, food-wise or drink-wise here in the United States that you can't get in France? Because I know you know we're we get beat up with our fast food and our you know we like our um, very hedonistic kind of things. Is there anything uh, truly American that you like to indulge in that you can't get back in Alsace?
0: Probably it has to be wine as well, and then I would say uh, I. We cannot get top uh, American wines. And uh, if I may say, we cannot get top Pinot Noir from Oregon. And there is no doubt that uh, the Pinot Noir from Oregon are first class quality. And uh, so this is the problem here. Uh, When I come to the US, I have to taste them. I have to drink them because they are delicious.
1: I I love it. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Oregon Pinot Noir, so we're going to be talking that after the interview here. But uh, Jean Trimbach from the Trimbach uh, Family Winery, thank you so much for your time. I know folks can just Google Trimbach. Um, you have an amazing website. It's available in almost all the markets. Uh, we appreciate your time. And thank you so much for making these delicious
0: wines. Thank you so much, and uh, I would encourage all the um, American public to come to France, to come to Alsace, and to visit Alsace. We do welcome people, of course, and the only thing I would say is that when American people come to Alsace after visiting Paris or Champagne or Bordeaux, people are just amazed about the beauty of Alsace, its scenery, its food scene, the wines, And the history. So come to Alsace.
1: Oh, I can't wait to come. All right. Cheers. Thank you so much, John.
0: Merci beaucoup, Laurie. To the next time. Thank you.
1: This is Laurie Forster, the Wine Coach. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Sipping Point, where we explore the recipe for a delicious life. I want to stay in touch with you. So I hope you'll find me on Twitter or Instagram at The Wine Coach or just type in The Wine Coach in Facebook and you're going to find me immediately. I'm always looking to connect with great wine lovers like you and I want your ideas for future shows. You can find me on the web at thewinecoach.com and I'm here to help you demystify wine one glass at a time. Cheers!